Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. So today, my message is about standing fast in the faith and letting your past help you get through the present. Always have some usually stories of my own that it has related to me. A group of us went to ride the rim at the Crater Lake, and uh, the starting, the very starting was downhill, so everything was easy. It was fun. You know, there was no effort that had to be put in. You just, you know, ride, and everything was fun. And then we got to the first hill, and that's really when the bike ride actually began because it was just straight up. And the first part, before we ate anyways, this is this all took place. After we ate, it kind of changed because my stomach was all full because I ate too much. But um, when I was climbing the hill, even on the lowest gear that I could go to make it easy, it was still a whole lot of work and it turned out walking up the hill with the bike was easier and faster than riding the bike up the hill. So I did that and then you know, you'd make one corner and it was still climb. You'd make around that corner and it was still climb. So a few miles into that, it, it wasn't what I had expected it to be. But then when you'd reach the downhill, it seemed like you'd climb a mountain and then you'd go down, you know, just a small little hill. Was, depending on the hill, it was 20 to 40 minutes of just climbing and then less than five minutes of downhill. And then you'd have to climb all over again. And like maybe... 10 miles or so in, I, I wanted to get it done in three hours, and I didn't think I was gonna be able to do that because of just the uphills alone. But then one of the times I was going downhill, I remembered that, you know, we need to remember all the things that happen to us that are good, because if you don't, it'll be a lot harder when you're going through something else bad again. So when I got down the hill and it was time for the next climb, I tried to think about and remember how much fun it was just flying down the hill as opposed to climbing the hill. And another few miles later, climbing the hill, I was able to actually pedal up the hill and I was able to increase gears and I was able to climb the hill faster solely because I was thinking about how good going down the hill was going to be and how the climb is going to be over. And then walking the bike actually was slower and harder because I was able to actually pedal up the hill because I was reminding myself of, you know, the past hard times to get myself through, or the past good times to get myself through the hard times. And the Israelites had a, a very difficult time remembering this from the very beginning when Moses saw the burning bush and then started working God's signs and wonders being shown through Moses. Moses did them. They, they would always forget the ten plagues and then when they got out of Egypt and then during all that time they would always forget and they'd just start complaining and then God would punish them and then he'd 
bless them and then they forget and it was always so back and forth with them they couldn't they didn't remember everything that he had brought them from and my time in that shed when i was at work looking looking for stuff i was working and then i come around the corner there's boxes everywhere so i couldn't move very good and then i come to the corner and my face is right in that big spider and spider's web that to me that just did it i told him you know if i would have gotten that i would have quit <laughs> it was i just didn't want to deal with that because then after that i was very flinchy everything you know the guy came up behind me and he, he touched me and i'd kind of flinch because you know it was it was big to get to that shed we opened the door and there was just webs everywhere it was real bad in that area so needless to say the rest of the, my day working there i didn't want to go in that shed and then when i did need to go in there my work started to lack in the way that i wasn't asked to the lord anymore it was just asked to get myself out of that shed and later i was i was knowing that that wasn't good because i wanted i want god to bless my work but i know it won't be blessed if i'm not doing it like i'm doing it for him Amen. so there was that conflict in me that i was i was not arguing with god but i was saying i can't work good if i have to go in that shed because that shed has spiders in it and it's a small thing but it was a big thing for me so then later that day i went in there to do another box move and i thought well just how jesus showed me that spider and he kept me from it if there's another one he'll keep me from that again so then that helped me go in there and i wasn't afraid because i remember just how he saved me from that other spider he'll save me from the next thing if there was going to be one so then my work got better i was in there you know i wasn't as nearly as fearful of just being in there like i was earlier it reminded me of Psalm 23 where the part says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now that wasn't nearly the shadow of death, but it was though, you know, I walk through the shed full of webs, I won't fear, you know, the spider because God will show me it if it's going to be there. Amen. Abraham didn't start out as the father of faith, but he later earned that title. Um, he was told, he was promised by God, I'll give you this land and I'll give you the seed and, you know, you will increase. And the first time Abraham heard that, he laughed because him and Sarah they were both old and getting older and Sarah was barren she wasn't able to have kids so to be told you're gonna have a child you know he laughed and then again God told him this time he didn't laugh but then later God told him again and then that time Sarah laughed um, and the reason I think they were starting to lose faith in the promise because it was years later and they tried to have they tried to accomplish God's promise for themselves through another way and that didn't work out very well for them. God said he'll still bless him, but it wasn't God's plan. And then eventually they had a son and Abraham's faith and God in God must have increased very much. And I say that because after he was given his son, that was a promise. And God, for one, told him, I'll give you a son. And two, through that son, I will make you a great nation. So then when God told him to sacrifice Isaac, which was a test, Abraham it doesn't say that you know he wavered or argued he definitely didn't laugh that time but he went up there to sacrifice isaac and he was going to do it not thinking well if god does if god makes me sacrifice isaac that you know makes his promise not going to be possible he didn't think that his he had the faith and the attitude that god has fulfilled the past promise so somehow some way that is way beyond me and what i can think if i do sacrifice the son that God told me he's going to make me a great nation through, I will still get that great nation because he had that faith in God. And Job's faith had grown towards God in so much that when everything was taken away from him, he said, you know, though he kills me, yet will I still trust him. 
there was some some good faith. And fast forwarding to Jesus' time, uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. But before we read, before in the beginning of Matthew, well, the earlier chapters, following Jesus must have been sometimes, in my in my thinking, a little disturbing and unsettling, only because of everything he did. There was always sick people around him. There was always, you know, unclean. There was always demons. There was there was always trouble and sorrow that he would always relieve them from. But nevertheless, that was always surrounding him. And Jesus is um, not his first miracle, but with his disciples, Peter's first thing that he saw Jesus was, you know, when he told him to cast his net to the other side. That was the first miracle that Peter saw him do. So Peter was the first guy witnessing that power. And in uh, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee onto the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And he, immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So Peter had, you know, he had that trust, but then after he got out and saw all of the problems, then that's when he lost sight of, you know, Jesus pretty much. So then he started to sink. And you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew 10 says that, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease. So Jesus doesn't only have power in certain subjects or certain things. His power is his power. Amen. And in previous times, Jesus, they saw him heal all the people. They saw him, that ship scene happened right after he had prayed over the food, fed 5,000, which were just men. They, they witnessed that big miracle. And then he even gave them power, power against unclean spirits, and then manners of sicknesses and all manner of disease. He gave them that power, and it doesn't say that he took it back. They still had that power. And if you turn to Mark, chapter 6, it's the same story, but in Mark's, Mark's perspective, or the way he wrote it. Uh, verse 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. Stopping right there. They were separated. He was on the mountain. He was done praying. And he was up there watching them. And from evening, and then the fourth watch was a few hours. And then, I don't remember if it was Luke or John, but they had rowed a certain distance out, which was about three miles. So they were three miles into the water when it started happening. But Jesus watching them, I, I would like to say he was watching them to see how they would react. And that is in a different verse, the reason why I come to that conclusion. He was looking to see how they'd react because he had just they had just seen him and all his miracles and then they're in this water and they're thinking they're going to die. So in verse 49, But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they 
all saw him and were troubled, and immediately they talked with them, and immediately he talked with them, and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And that's the reason why I think Jesus was seeing what they were going to do, because it says that they considered not the miracle of the loaves, because their heart was hardened. They forgot everything that Jesus had done, all the power, all the past things that he is, that he brought them through, because they were so scared of the current situation. And Peter, when he got out, imagine if Peter would have gotten out and he would have, you know, kept his eyes on Jesus, kept his faith strong and then not sunk, I would have liked to think that other disciples would have been like, well, I want to do that. Or, you know, Jesus would have said, well, you know, you guys come out too. And Peter, his starting out faith was bigger than his fear. But then after he got out of the boat, his fear became bigger than his faith. So then he started to sink. Our fear can't be bigger than our faith because if we were Peter and we experienced something and we stand through it, it will draw people to God because they will see it in us. Yeah. And then other disciples probably would have got out and they probably would have just started all dancing on the water. Who knows? In the middle of a storm, they would have got out of that boat and seen that there's nothing that Jesus you know, can't get them through. And Jesus said that the Father gave him everything and then told us what he does, we shall do plus more. So I, would, I think that Jesus was watching to see if their faith would have been bigger than fear. And I don't want us to forget the good things God does for us, big or small, because big or small, whether it's small, it still shows God's presence. And God's presence is a big deal regardless of what's going on. And a few other times in the Bible it mentions that Jesus, you know, when Lazarus, he cried and he groaned, his spirit groaned because of their lack of faith. He was, you know, displeased with them. And then in Matthew 7, 17, it says, you know, he tells them, how long must I suffer you? Because of their lack of faith. And then when he talks to Peter, he says, oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? It's always the people not believing in Jesus. So if we were to remember all the good things that Jesus does, it's going to be, our faith is going to be like, you know, adding to the fire that keeps it fresh in our mind so that every anytime we come across something, we will have it fresh in our memory, all the good things that Jesus has brought us through. So that if we're going through something hard, we'll just, oh, just like the past thing he did for me, he'll do this too. And we won't even worry about it because he'll take care of it for us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Pass it over to Pastor Allen if you'll receive him by the word, amen. Yeah. You know that they toiled from 6 o'clock p.m. about to 3 o'clock in the morning. The fourth watch is 3 o'clock in the morning. That's how long Jesus just watched. But there's another scripture that says, Jesus told Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, the devil, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. We have no idea if he was on that mountain pleading and praying that their faith would not fail, although they were going through something so bad. He watched and he prayed, and then he went to help them later. But God does the same thing for us today, because if we don't go through something, we're not going to make it. 
Going through something increases power, it increases faith, it increases strength. It teaches us what we need to know. The Bible says that Jesus himself learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Jesus suffered and learned from it. We suffer and we learn from him. I looked up that word sea, or waves I mean. And the word waves means to break forth as a swelling of being either pregnant or ready to burst with power. What that means is that when the waves of the sea come, they are ready to deliver destruction. They're ready to deliver doubt. They're ready to deliver fear. The waves of the sea are a wave of pride to bring you down. And just like today, when we go to bed, sometimes we are so bombarded in our minds, we cannot sleep, we can't think. The devil just goes and goes and goes, and those waves are ready to be delivered. And if we let them deliver, they will bring forth fear, doubt, anger, frustration. They're all ready. When a woman gets pregnant, sometimes it's the will of God, sometimes it's not. Nevertheless, the baby itself is a blessing. But the way you receive that blessing is sometimes against God through fornication, and it's against God through injections, but the baby itself is a blessing from God. So the waves of the sea to bombard you are coming from the devil, but what it brings forth is a blessing, your encouragement, your strength, your well-being, your, your faith in God, all of that is a blessing. So however you look at life, Know that in there is a blessing for you. If you endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ and you remember the good things that God has done for you, it will be a blessing because all things work together for the good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. There's another scripture that says when the spirit of the ruler rises up against you, don't lose your Place. See, the spirit, the devil is the prince and the power of the air. So when the spirit of the devil rose up against the disciples and the wind was contrary and the waves were boisterous and they began to rock in the ship and the devil was at them, when Peter walked out on the water, he was doing just fine. But when he let him lose his place, your place is to keep your mind on God. Your place is to keep trusting in the Lord. When you lose that place, when you lose focus, you give place to all kind of offenses. An offense means something that will cause you to stumble or fall. So when you lose focus, when you give in, when you take your eyes off of God, when you lose your place, you give the devil access to ruin everything. He began to see when he moved his place. But as long as he was standing on the word of God, facing and looking at Jesus, he was doing just fine. Those waves could not conceive what they wanted to conceive because he kept his mind on God. Keep your mind on God. Remember what God has brought you out from. Remember the good things that God has done for you. Remember the things that God has done for anybody else that you know. Remember what God has done throughout the whole Bible and you will keep your mind on God. And though the waves swell up so big, they won't bother you. You'll be able to walk all over them if you keep your mind on God. Don't lose your place. Your place is to fear God and keep his commandments. Your place is to keep your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Don't lose your place. No matter how bad the situation looks, keep 
focused on God. Walk on the water. Remember the goodness, and they did. They forgot the, the, the miracle that God did, just had done. That same, basically the same day, fed 5,000 men besides women and children, and they forgot that fast. Don't let us forget. Let us remember what God has done for us, what he's brought us through, where we are, where he's brought us to. And then when we see the wind bolsters, we remember we got Jesus. He's the captain. He's the leader. He's our provider. These waves may be big, but we got somebody that can walk on them. The wind might be strong, but we got somebody that the wind obeys. So if he's with us, we got nothing to worry about, no matter what the situation is. I praise God for this lesson today. It made me really think. When, when Eric told me, I was like, oh, this is nice, but then it really came into focus. Keep your mind on God. Don't forget what he's done. Don't forget, and that, now it makes a lot more sense when he said we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. A testimony is to testify what God has done. We speak what we know and testify what we have seen. You can testify to yourself. When you're going through a problem, you can begin to testify to yourself. God brought me out of this. God did this. God did that. God can do this. God, there's nothing too hard for God. You can encourage yourself in the Lord and keep your eyes on God, and those waves won't have no power. Keep your mind on God. God is good. God is just, God is good. That's all I can say. <laughs> God is good. I'm going to open up the altar. If anybody needs prayer, just come up. God has been good. I am excited to see you guys come back from the trip, man. It just, this is a blessing. We're going to open the altar. If anybody needs prayer, just come up. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for all the things that you have done for us. Thank you, my Father, for the lesson that you have given us today. My Father, we come before you, Lord God, asking you to teach us how to remember what things that you have done for us. Teach us how to testify of the goodness that you have done. My Father, don't let it be that we look at ourselves in, the, in a glass and turn around and forget what manner of man we are. But bless us to be a doer of the work, my God, and to remember who you are and what you are and how you are and all the things that you can do, my God. Bless us, O oh Lord, to remember that you are King of kings and Lord of lords and that there is nothing too hard for you. Every situation you have under control, everything you know about, my God, and I thank you, O oh Lord God. My Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, asking you, my God, to remember Brother Isaac, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said and the, and the spiritual gifts. My Father, you said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. And Lord, we are asking that you give Brother Isaac, O oh Lord God, the gifts that you have prepared for him, my God. The gift of healing in the name of Jesus. And to let him use it for your honor and for your glory. Glory, my God. Teach him who to pray for. Teach him who not to pray for. You said lay hands suddenly on no man. Teach him, my God, when to pray in the name of Jesus. Teach
touch him when he lay his hands on my God. In the mighty name of Jesus, prepare him for you to pour out your spirit upon him, that you will fill him with all spiritual blessings. In the mighty name of Jesus, my Father, remember how to lead, O oh Lord God. My God, remember Marcus in the name of Jesus. Remember his other children, Lord, of and in the name of Jesus, remember his other son, my God. Lord, my God, and remember Mark, oh Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, you said, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Every situation, every problem, you already know and you already care about him. My Father, let him rest in your peace. Let him rest in your hope. Let him rest in your love. You said, don't premeditate on what you're going to do, my God, and let him rest and know that the Holy Ghost will give him what to say at the appointed time. Don't let him watch the waves of the sea. Don't let him listen to the wind, but let him keep his eyes on you. In the name of Jesus, let him focus on you and all that you have done and all that you are doing and all that you are going to do through faith in Jesus. My Father, keep his mind on you, O oh Lord God. My Father, remember Adam, O oh Lord God. I thank you and I praise you, my God. Lord, we are asking that you don't let him forget where you brought him from. You brought him out of the darkness into your marvelous light. My God, don't let him be the one that forgets, but let him be the one that turns around and says thank you. Let him be the one that remembers that he is already harnessed. He already has everything he needs to stand. Everything that he needs to fight, you have already supplied. Let him remember that. Let him stand strong. Let him stand bold in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, my God, and I praise you. My Father, remember Mikey, oh Lord God. Remember her in the name of Jesus, Lord. My God, you said that you would be all the only one that can wash us. You're the only one that can cleanse us. You're the only one that can make us fit for the master's use. My God, clean out her heart, Lord. Keep on working on her, my God, that she will be able to be a vessel of honor unto you, my God, that when you want to speak to these people, you can speak through her. When you want to bless these people, you can bless them through her. You can let her be a light that everyone will see her good works and glorify her Father which is in heaven. Let your will be done in her life, in her son's life, in the mind in the name of Jesus. My God, remember Philip in the name of Jesus. Lord God, remember him, my God. Lord God, I'm asking that you would take away the pain from his back, oh Lord God, and help him to rest in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord, you are the God that can heal. You are the only one that can heal. There's no medication. There's no painkillers. There's no doctors that can do what you can do. And my Father, we are asking that you remember Lisa, oh Lord God, that you can open up her throat that she can swallow in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. It is a gift of God to be able to eat and to drink. My Father, let her have that gift in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. 
My Father, remember Mary, O Lord God. My Father, bless her and keep her in the name of Jesus. Remember her, O Lord God. Remember Laura in the name of Jesus. My Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for what you're going to do. Remember Javier. Remember Alice. Remember Uriah in the name of Jesus. Remember Omar. Remember Emma and Jane. Remember Isaiah, my father. Remember Ezekiel. Remember... Remember Abram, my God, in Jesus' wonderful name. Remember Ion and Levada. Remember their parents, oh Lord God. My Father, remember all those that support this ministry. Remember all those that participate in this ministry, Lord. Remember Ethan in the mighty name of Jesus. Remember Joseph, Philip's son, my God. My Father, we're asking that you let us come into your remembrance and that your will will be done in our lives that you will show us which way to go that you will lead us and guide us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake my God don't let our flights be in the winter neither on the Sabbath day but prepare us and create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us give us boldness to speak about you to show forth your goodness to always give you praise, uh, to always give you glory and honor, because it all belongs to you in the name of Jesus. Uh, my Father, I thank you and I praise you for these precious moments. Lord, you have done so much for us, I cannot thank you enough. My Father, bless us and keep us, O oh Lord God strengthen us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, be with us as we leave this place. Dismiss us, my God, from this gathering, but not from your presence. My God, be with us in our homes. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Amen. Amen. received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you. And may he forever keep you in mind.